Creativity is contagious. Pass it on in any way possible. Albert Einstein. Welcome to season two of Brewing of Creativity. I'm Daniela Bonte, Brewing of Creativity's host and founder. I'm so excited for you to come along for this year's new season. To reintroduce myself briefly, I'm a graphic designer and business owner by day and podcaster by, well, not night, but rather through passion. I've been in the graphic design industry since 2017, and I started Bring Up Creativity in September of 2020 to meet like-minded individuals and spread awareness about women in business and creative careers, hobbies, or side hustles. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss goal setting and beating perfectionism. So rather than beating around the bush, I'm going to get straight to it. Let me start off by saying that goals are a great way to solidify and establish at any time of the year. However, when the new year starts, we are inspired to set in stone resolutions and new achievements we want to work towards. This sense of inspiration and motivation for a fresh, new and clean start is something majority of the population feels, and I know for a fact that I am one of them too. The most common term people use for setting realistic and attainable goals is through the SMART method. This method is great, but before I start breaking down this method and and why it works for me, I also want to address it is completely normal to not feel inspired or willing to work towards these goals every single day. I found embracing my off days is also a key to success. Instead of getting down or hard on yourself for not having a good day or feeling like you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, it's best to sometimes just say it's okay. Not every single day looks perfect. Some days we truly need to rest up, order takeout, watch some movies, and cuddle our pets. And let me tell you, I've already had quite a few of those days so far in 2022, but no regrets. We all have goals in life, whether it's advancing our career, improving our relationships, building a healthier lifestyle, or just enjoying life more and being happier. But how we set these goals plays a huge role in our ability to achieve them and make progress. According to a new study published in the European Journal of Personality, one big factor in healthy goal setting is to choose goals that we see as attainable and realistic. Researchers then asked participants to rank the importance and attainability of the life goals in 10 different areas, one being health, another community, personal growth, social relationships, fame, image, wealth, family, responsibility for younger generations, and work. It's a lot, at least I thought when I was reading this article. But they discovered that the more individuals rank their goals as attainable, the greater their cognitive and effective well-being was affected, while those who saw their goals as unrealistic or unattainable were more likely to suffer and be not very motivated. This finding is consistent with a popular model for goal setting known as the SMART method, like I briefly mentioned before, which was popularized by business and management expert Peter Drucker. When it comes to the SMART model, I actually only started integrating this into my life probably this year around December of 2021 when I started evaluating what I wanted to achieve for 2022. So this is what I mean when I say that I am part of that population that is 100% inspired and motivated by a fresh, new, clean year. But I have also talked to people and gone on other podcasts to talk about how the best time to start is now. So whether it's in the middle of a new year and versus right at the beginning in January, I say as soon as an idea comes into your mind and if you wake up every day thinking about this goal or this dream, 
it's best to just start now versus saying, well, I'll launch my podcast or I'll launch my business or I'll launch this, this product in the beginning of 2023 versus just getting started right away and working towards it in small bit-sized goals. So I, I do want to say that I just started integrating this method recently, but in terms of my success rate over the last month and a half, it's been working quite well for myself. So I felt there is no better time to talk about this with all of you, except for my first episode uh, for the second season of Dream of Creativity. So here's the SMART model. Uh, let's start with the S. So of course, S does stand for specific. So your goal should be specific and concrete. So you have a clear idea of what type of actions you need to take to get there. So being specific about your goals has been associated with increased motivation and success. For example, instead of me saying, I want to be healthy, I might say instead, I want to go for a morning run three times per week. Now, this is not to say this is my goal. I um, am not a very good runner. (laughs) <laughs> and that again is my fault, but it's it's not a goal that's personal to me. But one of my specific goals for 2022 was to ensure I prioritize and make time for myself in the evening. And this means if I'm not taking time to do what I love outside of work, like possibly singing or creating art, I might go and work out three times a week. Now, prioritizing time for myself has been something that I struggled with in the past. And I think when I was evaluating my specific goals for the new year, I had realized I kind of lost a sense of my personal life through growing my business in 2021, because one of my major key goals in 2021 was to grow my business. And I did. And I'm always working towards growing my business. But a lot of my personal life fell through. I didn't, I mean, you know, it was COVID. But I know I could have made more time to spend time with friends or try and see people who are at least in my circle, Uh, like my family. Of course, Canada's been in isolation mode for what feels like forever. But I also lost a sense of making sure that I made time to sing. And so I barely ever sang, to be quite honest. And that's my form of therapy. And if that's not a form of therapy for myself, it's art. And then at the same time, gyms closed down in Canada. So I wasn't working out as much. Now I could work out from home, but I have to say, I commend anyone who can work out from home because it's just not me. And I wish it was, but it's not me. So uh, a way for me to stay specific with my goal was to learn that and really analyze and determine what I lacked in 2021. And it was making time for myself. And I feel like maybe a lot of us fell into this trap since a lot of people who might have been working in office have now moved to working from home. And it's hard to separate your life when you're working, your personal life and your work life when you're working from home. So let's move back to the method. Uh, So although we just broke down what the S stands for, and that's being specific with our goals, M stands for being measurable. So goals should be measurable so that you have a way of keeping track of your progress. For example, I want to be able to hire someone for my administration this month so I can make more time to do the tasks I enjoy for my business. This is a great measurable goal because you can see how much closer you are to getting and achieving this goal over time. Another way to measure your goals is how much time you spend, such as I want to spend at least one hour per day sifting through the applicants who apply for this job posting. So this is a way to hold yourself accountable and keep yourself on pace. So if you need to block out that one hour of the day from four till five to look at job applicants and resumes, then 
you absolutely are hitting these little minor goals that will lead you to that bigger goal of finding someone to do those administrative duties for yourself and your business. So it's always great to not only write down the goal, but also see how much time needs to go into it and how you can reflect it into each day of the week or once a week or even once a month, depending on what that specific goal is. Moving along, there's A, and that stands for achievable. So goals should be fairly easy and achievable so that you have a realistic chance of completing the goal. If a goal is too unrealistic or big, you likely get frustrated and give up on that goal entirely. And I've been there and I've done that. But if you keep your goals small, then you can always choose a slightly bigger goal once you've achieved that. For example, if you're someone who has a problem with checking your phone at night for work, and I am the prime example for this, which is why I need to use this, um, it might be easier to set a small goal like I will check my phone for the very last time at 7.30 p.m. After that, each week or each day, you can then slowly decrease the time. So if that was the last time you want to check your phone to 7.30, that means you don't need to check it again. Probably the last time you check it will be 7.15, 7 o'clock, 6.30, 6. And then whenever you stopped work and you work up to that point, that will be the last time you check your phone and you've warmed yourself up to this. So it's not just cold turkey and you're removing that phone and your brain will still be thinking about this fear of missing out. I mean, I think that's what it is for me. It's, it's FOMO and thinking, is someone emailing me with feedback on my designs? Is someone emailing me to inquire? Is somebody emailing me to keep me updated? Is someone emailing me with questions? And I just checks that for some reason mentally in the morning, I know exactly what it is that I need to do. But it's totally unnecessary. And I know that. And deep down, I, I know this. So it is always a great way to keep things achievable by just decreasing in time or increasing in time, depending on what the goal is. The R in the SMART method stands for being relevant. So goals should be relevant to your actual values and priorities in life. If a goal doesn't reflect where you want to go in your life, then there's no real point in pursuing it and trying to achieve it. For example, if your current priority in life is health, then make health-related goals. Or if your current priority in life is work, then you might want to make some work-related goals. For myself, I integrated both while I wrote down both, and I'm working towards personal and work life. 2021 was mainly work life, but this year is going to look a little different for me. I think once you realize that you didn't integrate any personal life goals, you realize in the following year when you do an overview of everything, that's when you realize what you lacked and what you need to work harder on. But it is a priority in my life because uh, when you get older, you start to realize if you're not staying active in some aspect, it catches up with you. So definitely I, w I felt like that was relevant to my life and to anyone who sits at a desk all day like myself, you definitely need to find a way to create health as a priority, whatever that is for you. And for me, it was just to possibly get to the gym two to three times a week. And I've talked to people about this so that they can keep me on track and keep me credible for making sure these actions happen. But a lot of times people say, well, why only two to three times a week? Like you should be going four to five or you should be going more. And I wish I could just, you know, flip a switch and go to the gym that much. But for myself to get right back into things when I've been experiencing mental health due to the pandemic, there's no way that you can go in, into anything like that. Like I said, like 
you need to make it achievable for yourself. And if you can start off small, that is the best possible way to start. That way you feel proud of yourself for even going two times a week, three times a week, and then you can hit more after that. But everybody's so different. And that's why when I explain to anybody that this is my starting point, that's comfortable for me. So that is the best way that I can say the goals have remained relevant in my life because I have reviewed my atmosphere and what I'm doing throughout the day and what could help me later on. Hey creatives, I'd love to personally invite you to join our creative community over at Daniela Bonte Designs. I'm sending monthly email newsletters to those subscribed that contain free resources and tools to help grow and understand your business from the bottom up. Click the link in the show notes to join, and I can't wait to see you in our community taking part and engaging with these tools. Now let's get back to the episode. Now the last letter for SMART would be T, and that stands for uh, time-bound. So goals should be time-bound and held to a specific deadline. Doing this gives you a clear time frame to try to achieve your goal which adds extra pressure and motivation to pursue it rather than procrastinate. Also, once the deadline is reached, it can give you an opportunity to step back and reevaluate your goal if you happen to not succeed at it, which does happen. And a lot of goals, sometimes we, we felt the day that we wrote down the goal so ambitious and energized. And then we started, you know, we went back to work after the holiday season and we realized, wow, I think I'm overworking myself with these goals that I set in place. And this might not be realistic. So I need to extend the time or I need to reevaluate this goal. Is this really a priority for myself right now? Or can I find something else to try and break it up a little bit? So I am all about time management. It's one of actually my favorite things to do. And it sounds lame, but I genuinely enjoy blocking out hours of my day, whether it be in Google Calendar or on my physical planner. I find if I don't have that, I have no idea what I'm about to do for that day. And as a person who enjoys being organized and I thrive in that type of environment, I rely on putting deadlines for myself. So um, for me, the T and the SMART method is probably one of my favorite aspects of setting goals. I personally set monthly goals And one major one for each quarter of the year, this way, I still feel happy if I've completed my small goals that I set during the month, even if I didn't reach the big one at the end of the quarter of the year. And that's something that works for me and it may not work for everybody, but it's just the best way that works for me because I am someone that actually, when I feel immense pressure, and this is a trait that I've had a really hard time accepting about myself personally, um, but I think there's a lot of people out there that handle stress better than myself. And as an entrepreneur, I realized I had to start learning my weaknesses. And my weakness was if I put too much on my plate, I shut down. And then I feel like I can't do anything. And I suffer for that for about a couple of days until I'm able to bounce back. So this was the best method for me was to set these smaller goals and one major one for each quarter of the year. Now, some people can handle major goals each month less minor goals. And I look up to them. I aspire to be them one day, but I'm not there yet. I do think it's not 100% necessary that all of your goals follow this specific criteria or this method, but it's definitely something to consider when you're setting new goals in an area of your life that you want to improve, especially if you've struggled with making progress in the past. When 
talking to another friend in business not too long ago, she was telling me that my goals sounded small and not massive at all. And that I actually tend to live day by day versus making major plans in my life. And although I didn't know how to handle what she said to me right up front, I remember going to bed that night and thinking there's actually not a problem in me doing this. And it's just because I finally embraced that I have this specific weakness of mine. And it's a trait of mine where I can handle only a certain amount before my body pretty much tells me what the heck are you doing? So yeah, I went to bed that night and I realized that it's totally okay. And that I actually do this intentionally and on purpose. And I shouldn't have a problem admitting that I, I set smaller goals for myself than massive ones back to back. It's just kept me so much more accountable. It allows me to keep myself more accountable. And it's worked for me my whole life, whether in my personal life or in business. It's just the way I've worked and it's the way that I need to accept no matter what anybody says. And any everybody's so different, like I said, but for some reason, this works for me. I've managed to almost combine big visions with small and realistic goals. I would say my logic does sometimes outweigh my emotions in that sense because I know and consider now what will cause me to burn out. So this has led me to gradually develop a clear and actionable path towards where I want to go in life. And because each day looks a little different for me and my goals look a little different each month or on a quarterly basis, it's allowed me to kind of open new doors and realize what I want to put more importance into through working this way. When it comes to goal setting and perfectionism, this is something that I think is so common, whether you're a creative or an entrepreneur. Although I enjoy setting goals, and like I said, so do a lot of people, I experience extreme perfectionism some days where I'm very hard on myself. It's so common, and I always know when it's coming. I know it's coming when I'm at the end of my day, and I tell myself mentally, this random gold mine, I, I actually know I'm, I'm creating and setting myself up for perfectionism, but I tell myself probably around 8 p.m., I'm going to wake up tomorrow at 5 a.m. to start work right away. Then tomorrow comes around and my alarm goes off and I say, Alexa snooze, and I'm not up at 5 a.m. I've now slept in longer than I told myself I was going to. And that's when it starts. The next morning, knowing I've already broken a goal, I told myself to do the previous day. I kind of call this in my mind a perfectionism paralysis. And it's because I've missed on the goal that my very first goal that I set for that day. So now I feel almost paralyzed into completing any other task or to-do for the day. Now, it doesn't mean I might not get to my tasks or to-dos, but it means my brain is automatically judging and critiquing myself like none other. And I feel like this might be out of fear that I won't complete my goals to my standards. So I instantly am talking down on myself while I might be getting to my goals because I might not have a choice because I have deliverables that I need to get to clients, but I'm just not talking to myself very nicely. And then I think to myself, if I don't get these goals in, what is my client going to think of me? Or what am I going to think of myself most importantly? So 100%, now that I'm even just saying this out loud, it 100% does stem from fear. But let me just say that perfectionism to me is when nothing technically is good enough or as good as I think it should be, or someone might be showing online 
All I know is that I am extremely hard on myself and I could afford to talk nicer to myself as in as nice as I talk to my clients, family, or friends. But I know we as a population can fall short of that sometimes. So you had a bad day and didn't get through your to-dos and now the rest for the week and the month seems impossible to achieve. Embrace that bad day and move on the next. And if that next day seems to be a repeated pattern, there's a couple of things we can do here to change things. I love games. I'm competitive. I, I, I'm competitive with no matter who I play when it comes to board games or even word puzzles or anything like that. I'm competitive. So I kind of make a game out of this. And it's, I, it's a manifestation game that I play with myself in my mind first thing in the morning. So I write out what my perfectionism told me the day before and how it would have a negative impact, not only on my mental health, but maybe the people around me. Once I see the list of cons my perfectionism has now created on myself and my surroundings, I realize I actually can't repeat this tomorrow. So now I'm starting to compete with myself mentally in my mind. So if this is what, if this is how much energy I could put into being negative, imagine how much energy I could put in the next day to being positive. It is so draining on our brain when we can only handle so many specific things in a day. And I listened to a podcast about this and I can't remember the specific numbers and now that's going to bother me. But I do know that we can only handle a certain amount and then our brain kind of shuts off and it becomes tired. So I'll try and focus on the positives. What am I going to lose if I don't attempt or try? Or when you feel the natural tendency to point out what's wrong, point out what could go right. If you know you won't be able to get to all the tasks for the day, find something else to be proud of for yourself or cut your to-dos in half. And uh, more times than not, I cut those to-dos in half. Perfectionism is something I've discussed with my business mentor and even the people closest to me. But my business mentor provided me the best advice that I could possibly follow. And it's not really advice, but it's things to question. She's also found a way to put me in my place and have me collect my thoughts. And even if I know I'm not going to be speaking to her for, you know, months on end, I've always had this written down in my planner because she'll ask me, did those, you know, perfectionism thoughts help you that day or that week? And most of the time my answer is no. Then she asked me what thoughts would help you and what would you want to hear from others? And it just makes me think. Because these are trick questions that really allow me to gain an outsider's perspective on my perfectionism. So at the end of the day, I do think we have to trick our brain into really working hard to see how the next day could go right or what we can do to fix and how we speak to ourselves when we set in stone these goals and embracing imperfection. Although right now, when I log into Instagram or social media right now, A lot of women, at least I'm noticing, want to romanticize these ideal lives and these ideal lifestyles. And it makes me want to follow the same pattern. But then I realize that life is not always going to be like romantic and our ideal vision, especially the days that are not good days and that those days can happen at any time. So I, those days I try to also stay off of social media because it's not good for my goals and it's not good for my mindset either. But what I can say is that it's such an exciting time to set goals, whether it's, you know, January's past now and it's February, but uh, whether you're setting goals in the middle of the year or at the beginning or near the end, 
there's always a new opportunity to try something new. And there's always a new opportunity to learn more about yourself. And we are all continuously learning more about ourselves. And if we need to embrace some weaknesses along the way, or we are able to point out what we are best in and what we what we can work towards, then I think that's the best way we can set and attain goals for 2022. So thank you all for listening into this episode of Bring Up Creativity, and I hope to see you all in the next. Thank you for listening into this week's episode of Brewing Up Creativity. Have you been loving our recent episodes? It would mean a lot if you could leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. If you're also wondering how you can join us on the podcast, reach out to us at info at brewingupcreativity.com or fill out an inquiry form, which can be found on Instagram at brewingupcreativity, where the link is in our bio.